I send you a coffee's of mustard seed, so that you may taste and acknowledge the bitterness of my victory. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh Canada. If you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut, HelloFresh will bring you fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. That means veggie skewers and couscous for me and Mediterranean chicken for Frank and Tito. Go to the link in the show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. <coughs> Hello and welcome back to History Obscura. <coughs> Once upon a time, more than 2,300 years ago, a man named Calinus poured fuel over his body, stood voluntarily upon a pyre, and set himself aflame. The last words he spoke to his grief-stricken companion were, We shall meet in Babylon. Kalinos was 73 years old when he burned himself to death, and according to witnesses, he neither flinched nor screamed. Having become too weak to continue his journey, Kalinos chose to self-immolate rather than degrade further on the way home. 32-year-old Alexander the Great begged his teacher not to end his life, but could do nothing to dissuade him. The last message spoken between them was mystifying. To all the men of the army who had conquered Greece, Persia, India and Egypt by the side of the Macedonian Emperor Alexander, Kalinos had bidden farewell. To Alexander, we shall meet in Babylon. This was in Susa in the year 323 BC. Alexander, of course, needs little introduction. Born in Macedonia, he was tutored by none other than Aristotle, and inherited the throne from his own father at the tender age of 20. He is remembered as one of the greatest generals in human history. Following the unexpected death of his friend that year, Alexander and his army did return to Babylon, victorious after years of conquest. Upon their triumphant return, Alexander spent a night drinking with the naval officer Nearchus. And then the next day... He did the same with his friend Medius of Larissa. Soon after this, a fever struck and he complained of acute pain in his back as if he was being stabbed by a spear. The fever worsened and he slowly became unable to move. Soon, he was unable to speak. When he drank wine, he only became thirsty. The paralysis grew, and eventually, Alexander could not even raise his head. After days in this condition, the emperor was pronounced dead. 
His body was carefully set aside to await the administrations of his beloved Egyptian embalmers. No one could say for certain what had struck him down. It may have been poisoning. It might have been typhoid fever. What they did know, according to Plutarch, who wrote a biography of Alexander hundreds of years after his death, was that after Alexander died, his body did not decompose for those six days before embalming. Said Plutarch, His body, although it lay without special care in places that were moist and stifling, showed no sign of such destructive influence, but remained pure and fresh. Some people took this as a sign that Alexander was not poisoned, and yet others believed it was due to the emperor's divinity. Catherine Hall of the Dunedin School of Medicine at the University of Otago in New Zealand believes it was due to a disease called Guillain-Barre syndrome. This is a disease in which the body's immune system attacks the nerves, leading to eventual paralysis. She believes Alexander contracted a Campylobacter pylori infection, the most frequent cause for GBS worldwide, which set off the autoimmune disorder. She said, I have worked for five years in critical care medicine and have seen probably about 10 cases of GBS. The combination of ascending paralysis with normal mental ability is very rare, and I have only seen it with GBS. His sight would have been blurred, and if his blood pressure was too low, he would have been in a coma. But there is a chance he was aware of his surroundings and could at least hear. So he would have heard his generals arguing over succession. He would have heard the arrival of the Egyptian embalmers, and heard that they were about to start their work. This makes the most disturbing part of Hall's theory the fact that Alexander probably was still alive when he was declared dead, which explains why his body stayed so fresh. As Hall lays out in her argument, it is necessary to understand two determinants of survival, the oxygen needs of the body and the ability of the body to absorb oxygen without any muscular effort. In the week before Alexander's death, historical accounts mention chills, sweats, exhaustion, and high fever, which are typical symptoms of infectious diseases, including typhoid fever. Once he was extensively paralyzed, that could have lowered his body's demand for oxygen. His pupils would have been fixed and dilated, and his body may not have been able to regulate his temperature properly, making him cold. In 323 CE Babylon, doctors would have diagnosed death on the lack of breath, cold skin, and pupils that didn't react to light. But if Alexander was in the end stages of dying from GBS, his breathing would have been very shallow, and the other marks of life wouldn't have been obvious either. Alexander's death may have been announced prematurely. One ancient account reports that the planning and construction of an appropriate funerary cart to convey the body out from Babylon took two years from the time of his death. 
It's not known exactly how the body was preserved for those two years before being moved from Babylon, though it has been suggested he was entombed in a vat of honey by Egyptian embalmers. Egyptian embalmers arrived on June 16th and are said to have attested to Alexander's lifelike appearance. This was interpreted as a complication of typhoid fever. On the way back to Macedonia, the funerary cart with Alexander the Great's body was met in Syria by one of Alexander's generals, the future ruler Ptolemy I Soter. It was late 322 or early 321 CE when Ptolemy diverted the body to Egypt, where it was interred in Memphis. During the course of the next century, Alexander's body was moved once more, this time from Memphis to his own Egyptian city, Alexandria, for reburial. At this point, however, nobody knows where the ancient emperor rests. With no body to inspect, we'll never know if Alexander the Great was poisoned, sick from typhoid, or buried alive. Either way, he certainly did meet Kalinos again, there in Babylon. Thank you for listening. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash history obscura, or check out the show links to see how to buy us a nice cup of tea. Either way, your support is very much needed and appreciated. Good night. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.